audio-only podcast and is meant to serve as a review of basic concepts in cell biology as they relate to medicine. Much of what I say here will be familiar to you. We will cover some of these materials as the course progresses. You can also use this podcast as a brief review as you prepare for the shelf exam in this course and next year as you prepare for the USMLE exams. The cell is the basic unit of life. Broadly speaking, there are two types of cells, prokaryotic and eukaryotic. Prokaryotes, like eubacteria and archaea, do not have a nucleus, thus their DNA is not enclosed in a special subcellular compartment. Eukaryotic cells do have a nucleus. They are also much larger than prokaryotic cells and have numerous subcellular compartments or organelles and certain structure elements not found in prokaryotes. You should be able to draw a simple diagram with the structural features of a generalized eukaryotic cell. The nuclear compartment or nucleus contains the chromosomes, the primary genetic material, as well as all of the enzymes for transcribing chromosomal DNA into RNA, processing that RNA, and exporting it to the cytoplasm. In addition, the nucleus contains all the transcription factors and chromatin remodeling factors required for regulating RNA transcription. The nucleus is surrounded by a double membrane, the nuclear envelope. The outer membrane of the nuclear envelope is continuous with the rough endoplasmic reticulum. The nuclear envelope is perforated at several thousand locations all over its surface by elaborate protein-based pore structures. These nuclear pore complexes traverse the double membranes and regulate the entry into and exit from the nucleus of all proteins within sizes between approximately 17,000 and 60,000 Daltons. Smaller molecules pass freely through the pores, whereas proteins larger than approximately 60,000 Daltons are excluded. Having said this, however, certain large ribonucleoprotein complexes can apparently be actively deformed to permit their passage through pores. Subnuclear structures found in the nucleus include the nucleolus and numerous smaller structures called Cajal bodies, gems, and interchromatin granule clusters. The function of the nucleolus is well known, and we will say a few words about it in a minute. Functions of the smaller subnuclear structures are less clearly understood, but they are thought to play a role in the dynamic assembly and regulation of the small uh, RNA and ribonucleoproteins particles that are involved in the processing and regulation of expression of messenger RNA and tRNA molecules. The nucleolus is the most prominent substructural element observed within nuclei. Although structurally distinct, nucleoli are not surrounded by a membrane. Nucleoli are sites of transcription of the genes for ribosomal RNA molecules, for which there are about 400 copies in a diploid human cell distributed in multiple tandem repeats on five different chromosomes. The regions of these chromosomes that contain ribosomal genes are called nuclear organizer regions, or NORs. 
because human cells contain ten nucleolar organizing regions distributed on five pairs of autosomes, the number and structure of nucleoli vary considerably during the cell cycle. The ribosomal RNA gene segments on each, on each of the NOR chromosomes assemble in the nucleoli for transcription, as do the various ribosomal proteins synthesized in the cytoplasm and various other proteins and ribonucleoproteins involved in processing of ribosomal RNA. Large and small ribosomal subunits are fully assembled in the nucleolus and are then transported to the cytoplasm. The RNA and protein components of the enzyme telomerase are also assembled in the nucleolus. Telomerase plays a crucial role in DNA replication at the ends of eukaryotic chromosomes. Ribosomes are the sites of protein synthesis. Eukaryotic ribosomes consist of a large or 60S uh, subunit and a small or 40S subunit. The large subunit consists of three uh, ribosomal RNA molecules, a 5S, a 5.8S, and a 28S ribosomal RNA associated with some 49 different proteins. The small subunit has a single ribosomal RNA molecule, an 18S ribosomal RNA, and approximately 33 proteins. In conjunction with a set of initiation factors, the 40S subunit binds first at an initiator methionine transfer RNA molecule, and this complex then binds near the 5' prime end of an mRNA molecule. The large subunit is recruited, and the whole uh, ribosome then sequentially reads the triplet codons of the mRNA, selecting the appropriate amino acyl tRNA molecules and ligating their associated amino acids to synthesize the protein encoded by that particular mRNA molecule. The endoplasmic reticulum is a system of internal membranes that are continuous with the outer membrane of the nucleus. ER membranes nearest the nucleus are usually studded with ribosomes engaged in protein synthesis, and this portion of the ER is termed the rough ER. The ribosomes anchored to the rough ER are engaged in the synthesis of either membrane proteins or proteins destined to be secreted from the cell. Such proteins possess a special amino-terminal signal sequence, which is recognized by a ribosome-associated particle called the signal recognition particle, and which then targets the ribosome with its nascent polypeptide chain to docking sites on the membrane of the rough ER. The nascent polypeptide chain is then co-translationally extruded through a pore structure in the ER membrane and passes either partially or completely into the lumen of the rough ER. All such proteins become glycosylated at multiple locations along their length. Much of this glycosylation, termed N-linked glycosylation, occurs as the nascent polypeptide is passed into the lumen of the ER. Additional glycosylation, termed O-linked glycosylation, occurs later, either within the lumen of the ER or in various compartments of the Golgi apparatus. 
After their synthesis is complete, the proteins find their way to a specialized portion of the ER known as transitional ER, from which transport vesicles containing the proteins bud off and then deliver the protein cargo to the Golgi apparatus by fusing to form the cis-Golgi network. In the cis, medial, and trans cisterni of the Golgi apparatus, the oligosaccharide chains of these glycoproteins are modified in a variety of ways, and some proteins are cleaved or otherwise processed. The processed glycoproteins then leave the Golgi apparatus via vesicles that bud from the trans-Golgi network for delivery to the cell surface. The smooth ER is a continuous extension of the rough ER, located more distally from the nucleus. Whereas the rough ER is shaped like a flattened, hollow pancake in many cell types, the smooth ER is usually more tubular in structure, forming a lace-like reticulum. It is an important site of lipid metabolism, so for example, uh, very important in the biosynthesis of cholesterol, and in liver cells, the smooth ER is the site where various membrane-associated detoxifying enzymes oxidize and otherwise act to modify toxic hydrophobic molecules, making them less toxic and more water-soluble. The lumen of the smooth ER also serves as an important storage site for intracellular calcium. Smooth ER membranes contain ligand-regulated calcium channels that open in response to the hormone-generated second messenger, inositol triphosphate. The cytosol of all cells is virtually calcium-free under resting conditions, and the transit appearance of calcium in the cytosol after its release from the ER stores serves to initiate any number of cellular responses to extracellular signals, depending on the particular cell type. The ER membrane also possesses numerous calcium pumps that bring the transiently released calcium back into the lumen of the ER. Muscle contraction is initiated uh, by transient release of calcium from a specialized form of smooth ER and muscle fibers known as the sarcoplasmic reticulum. The receptors for certain extracellular protein ligands, uh, like low-density lipoprotein cholesterol particles or iron-bearing transferrin particles, are clustered in or, come, or become recruited to specialized dimple-like structures scattered over the surface of the cell. These dimples have an underlying hemi-basket structure composed of oligomers of the protein clathrin, and they are termed clathrin-coated pits. Binding of their ligands to these receptors is the first step in the process known as receptor-mediated endocytosis, in which polymerization of the clathrin molecules to form a special basket leads to the formation of an internalized clathrin-coated vesicle derived from the surface membrane and its associated transmembrane receptor proteins with their bound ligands. Depolymerization of the clathrin coat follows, and because they have, a, they have protein pumps in their membranes, the resulting uncoated vesicles begin to acidify and soon mature into structures known as early endosomes. 
the pH in the lumen of these early endosomes is approximately 6, and this causes dissociation of receptor and ligand, and empty vesicles, empty receptors, I'm sorry, are returned to the cell surface for their reuse via vesicles that bud off from the early endosome. Early endosomes become multifascicular bodies and continue to acidify, eventually becoming late endosomes. Finally, by fusing with special vesicles derived from the Golgi apparatus that contain a large variety of hydrolytic enzymes, the late endosomes mature into structures called lysosomes. Alternatively, late endosomes may fuse with pre-existing lysosomes. Another type of dimple found on the surface of the cell is a flask-shaped structure called a caviola. Instead of clathrin, cavioli are associated with a multi-pass integral membrane protein called caviolin. The membranes of cavioli are rich in cholesterol and sphingolipids and are closely related to small of lipid structures found in the bulk plasma membrane called lipid rafts. Many growth hormone receptors are concentrated in cavioli. In certain cell types, cavioli pinch off from the surface to form vesicles, and these vesicles can traverse the cell and fuse with the membrane on the opposite side of the cell in a process called transcytosis. Lysosomes are membrane-enclosed uh, structures with a very acidic lumen, a lumen of around pH 5, and they are compartments of heterogeneous size and shape that contain more than 40 different kinds of hydrolytic enzymes. All of these enzymes are optim optimally active at the acid pH of the lysosome, but have very little activity at a pH of 7. Lysosomal hydrolases are glycoproteins that are synthesized by rough ER-associated ribosomes and are processed in the Golgi where they are given a mannose 6-phosphate tag that, tag that targets them to lysosomes. They are capable of breaking down all the different kinds of biological macromolecules and are responsible for the degradation of endocytosed and phagocytosed material. Furthermore, Via the process of autophagy, lysosomes play an essential role in the normal turnover of all cellular macromolecules. The amino acids, sugars, nucleotides, and so forth generated by macromolecule breakdown are transported out of the lysosomes to the cytosol for reuse. Defects in lysosomal hydrolases are responsible for a class of inherited diseases termed lysosomal storage diseases. You've already heard of some of these, these diseases. For example, Tay-Sachs disease is a classical lysosomal storage disease. You may have also heard of Gauche's disease, Neiman-Pick disease, Hunter's syndrome, Hurler's syndrome. These are all diseases in which the lysosomes become engorged with undigested or indigested material. Peroxisomes are small cellular organelles that play an important role in the oxidation of cellular lipids, especially fatty acids that are derived from membrane lipids. Unlike mitochondrial oxidation of fatty acids, which can produce CO2 and ATP, the peroxisomal oxidation process, which is termed beta-oxidation, degrades the hydrocarbon chain two carbon units at a time, yielding acetyl molecules that are transported back out to the cytosol for use in biosynthetic reactions.
Beta oxidation, which is not coupled to ATP synthesis, can occur in mammalian mitochondria, but peroxisomes are the chief site of this process in all cells, and it is, the, and it is only in peroxisomes that long and very long chain fatty acids derived from certain membrane lipids are oxidized. The oxidizing enzymes in peroxisomes use molecular oxygen, which is then converted to hydrogen peroxide, or H2O2. Consequently, peroxisomes have abundant levels of the enzyme catalase, which uses hydrogen peroxide to oxidize a variety of other molecules. In this process, hydrogen peroxide, H2O2, is reduced to water, H2O. Liver peroxisomal catalase is responsible for the metabolism of a significant amount of dietary alcohol. In addition to their important role in fatty acid oxidation, peroxisomes also have biosynthetic roles, for example in the synthesis of certain glycerol lipids. The first reactions in the synthesis of the glycerolipid plasmalogen involving the synthesis of a unique ether linkage to the glycerol backbone are catalyzed in peroxisomes after which synthesis is completed in the cytosol. Plasmalogen makes up approximately half of the heart's phospholipids and approximately 80 to 90 percent of the ethanolamine phospholipid class in myelin. Defects in peroxisome function are the causes of inherited diseases such as X-linked adrenoleukodystrophy and Zwellger syndrome. Mitochondria are the major source of ATP synthesis in cells during aerobic metabolism. Mitochondria are organelles with a double membrane approximately the size of a bacterium. In fact, mitochondria originated from symbiotic bacteria that came to reside in the cytoplasm of an ancient ancestor to today's eukaryotic cells. Mitochondria retain certain bacterial features such as a circular DNA molecule and ribosomes with strikingly prokaryotic features. The mitochondrial inner membrane is highly invaginated, forming folded structures called cristae that protrude into the lumen or matrix of the mitochondria. The reactions of the citric acid cycle occur in the matrix, generating high-energy NADH and NADPH molecules, which in turn transfer their electrons to acceptor molecules located in the inner membrane. The electrons are then passed along a set of electron carriers to oxygen, which thereby become reduced to water. Electron transport in the inner membrane causes the accumulation of protons in the space between the inner and outer membranes, thereby producing a, an electrochemical potential gradient across the inner membrane. ATP synthetase molecules located in the inner membrane provide a channel for the return of these protons to the matrix compartment, thereby driving the synthesis of ATP in a process known as oxidative phosphorylation. One of the carriers in the electron transport chain is a molecule called cytochrome C, a small soluble protein located in the space between the inner and outer membrane. Several years ago, it was discovered that cytochrome C also plays an important role in initiating the process of programmed cell death, known as apoptosis. 
In response to any number of circumstances, cells generate molecules to create pores in the outer membrane of mitochondria, permitting the release of cytochrome C and other apoptosis-inducing proteins into the cytosol. Cytochrome C binds to a protein called APAF1, which in turn activates a cascade of caspase proteases leading to cell death. The cytoskeleton of eukaryotic cells consists of three types of filamentous protein polymers in equilibrium with a pool of subunit monomers. The three types of filaments are, in order of increasing diameter, microfilaments, intermediate filaments, and microtubules. The subunit protein of microfilaments is a small monomeric protein called actin. That of microtubules is a, dynamic, a dimeric molecule called tubulin. It's actually a dimer of alpha tubulin and beta tubulin. Intermediate filaments are heteropolymers whose subunits vary among the various cell types and different tissues. The subunit proteins of intermediate filaments may include proteins with names such as vimentin, desmin, and laminin. There are indeed three types of laminins, laminins A, B, and C. There are also keratin molecules, multiple types of keratins. There are neurofilament proteins, uh, like neurofilaments L, neurofilament M, neurofilament H, for example. Microtubules and microfilaments can polymerize and depolymerize dynamically in particular locations within the cell. And they, are, and they also participate with various other partner motor proteins. Uh, some of these motor proteins are kinesins, dynines, and myosins. And uh, these uh, partnering reactions produce cellular motility and contractility. Intermediate filaments are important in the overall structural toughness of cells and in distributing shear forces throughout one or more cells in a tissue. The nuclear lamins form a tough, resilient polymeric net around the inner surface of the nucleus. The inherited disease epidermolysis bullosa simplex shows a phenotype that has uh, very painful blistering in response to light touch. This is caused by a defective keratin gene. Centrioles are a pair of barrel-shaped structures arranged perpendicularly to each other. The sides of each barrel are made up of nine uh, loose overlapping slats. Each slat is a flat sheet of three parallel microtubules. The centriole pair is embedded in, a, in an amorphous halo of incompletely characterized proteins. The entire unit, centriole plus halo, is termed the centrosome. The halo component of the centrosome contains multiple ring structures formed by an isoform of tubulin called gamma tubulin. Gamma tubulin rings nucleate the polymerization of microtubules, and most cellular uh, tubules originate in the centrosome, which is located close to the nucleus. The centrosome is often called the microtubular organizing center of the cell. The surface membrane around the cell is termed the plasma membrane, and it consists of a phospholipid bilayer and associated proteins. 
the phospholipid bilayer is intrinsically impermeable to charged and all except the smallest hydrophilic solutes. Movement across the plasma membrane of such solutes is governed by a set of transmembrane proteins that function as channels and transporters, which function either to facilitate diffusion of certain molecules down their concentration gradients across the membrane, or to actively move molecules into or out of the cell against their concentration gradients. Other membrane proteins mediate adhesion of cells to each other or to elements of the extracellular matrix. Members of a third category of proteins serve as receptors for extracellular signaling molecules and initiate a cellular response to such molecules. The cytoplasm of the cell is all the material outside of the nucleus. On occasion, it is necessary to distinguish between the cytosol and the cytoplasmum. The cytosol is defined as all the material in the cytoplasm excluding the contents of the various uh, membranous bound organelles. The cytosol, therefore, does include the cytoskeleton, the ribosomes, and the centrosome, together with all the other macromolecules and solutes outside the nucleus, and also outside the lumen of the various cytoplasmic membranous-bound organelles. This concludes this podcast which reviews cell biology. I wish you the best as you prepare for your exams in this course, for the shelf exam, and for your uh, USMLE exam next year. And I also wish you the very best in your uh, careers in medicine. Thank you.